Shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. Shaking Quakers. <laughs> Shaking Quakers. All I can picture when you're doing that is like a oatmeal box being shook like in a commercial or something. That should be a... Yeah, <laughs> that would work. Quaker Oats, it's still thing. Quaker I'm Oats a proud supporter of Quaker. Yeah. <laughs> One could say that's their longest lasting legacy. The it Quakers. absolutely is. I mean, really. I mean... That's probably what 99.9% of people picture as soon as you say their name. Mm-hmm. So. Actually, yeah, probably so. And that's really strange. Because I can barely, barely remember being taught about them in school. Like, I learned... But they actually made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. We're talking Quakers. And uh, we're going to get into the Shakers. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get into the full history of either, though. There's no way. If we if we just want to talk about them real quick and bring them up alongside the Amish, there's we just can't. There's just as much history there as the Amish, right? And we're only gonna get into the. You got Quakers, you got Shakers, and you got Fakers, and we're not getting into those. The real not shit. Not into them. No, I hate on the mm-hmm. Fakers and the Lakers. We don't like them either. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not doing too good. Quakers, do you guys know what their their other name is? Or their, like, their actual official name? I was trying to remember, but I can't do it without looking up. The Religious Society of Friends. Oh, I've yeah. That before. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, I was thinking it was yeah. just the Circle of Friends, but I was like, no, that's wrong. No, it's a full the Religious Society. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like I said, we're not going to get too deep into it, but I did want to bring up just the first Quaker ever. Because, I mean, we're just going to, let's just loosely talk about what it means to be a Quaker, how they got here, you know. Proto-Quaker. They settled Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's right. William Penn. I mean, Big Penn. Yeah. But he was not the first Quaker. Big Penn. <laughs> William Pig Penn. Yeah. <laughs> he always walked around with that the skunk <laughs> smells and stuff all over him. Yeah, and he played keyboards for the Grateful <laughs> Dead. Mm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the first ever Quaker was an English man by the name of George Fox, who came to have his own revelation separate from the Church of England and had a vision. This was in 1652. And when I say vision, he had a full on like he saw an angel. So he got him a prophecy. Yeah, he was he was prophesizing. He believed and this is a thing that of course, he was persecuted, just like the Amish. They have, that's what the reason they all come from the exact same kind of like movement, mm-hmm. where the Catholic churches are, had already splintered, and now you're gonna, you know, now it's the Church of England is starting to splinter. Yeah, you know, just the established churches just aren't holding how, you know, that same. Just how many like percent? What control. what percentage of English people now? English, I mean, not English speaking, literally English. How? What percentage of them currently identify as Anglican? That's a good question. I know it's dropping more in sure. recent years and stuff, but I, I, it's not yeah, nearly I, as. I'm not sure place. if like they're that specifically is dwindling, or just religion in the UK in general. I, that, yeah. 
But okay. as a result of that, that's probably dropping the actual people yeah. who just religion say religion is literally nowhere else. So Yeah, I know religion yeah. across the board is dropping in all of Europe. Yeah. And if you met a guy in the U.S. that was like, yeah, practicing Anglican, that would be... Weird. Odd. Yeah. He's like, what can I... I'm, I just prefer the English spin on things. What can I tell you? <laughs> and, and I'm not really sure what the tenets of the Anglican yeah, I don't, church in comparison to other churches. The, all, all, all it really, where it really basically is, is they split off from the, Cat, the Roman Catholic Church because the King of England didn't want to lose power. Right. So it's like, okay, this is our own state church. So, but they're also not as quite as ceremonial as as Mm-mm. Catholics. But take and, away all the fun magic mm, no, stuff, yeah. and worse, worse, <laughs> worse dental care also. And <laughs> oh, it's hey. English dig. Oh wow the the war is over, my friend. <laughs> the war is over. Fox uh, actually did travel though. He he started by, uh, just immediately talking about these visions to people Mm. like a prophet you know and he didn't leave it though just to england he would travel to places like the netherlands and the strangest being barbados yeah (laughs) he preached what he was calling a return to the true pure christian church so we have jungle amish and we have yeah paradise tropical island quakers that's right. Second second in a row that we're like, wow, I'm surprised at some of these exotic spots they're hitting <laughs> Yeah, the Honduran on it, right. Amish and the Barbadian. Yeah. <laughs> they went very missionary, like what you think of. like, yeah, And like at trip. this time, we're talking like privateers yeah. and pirates. The same. So the, you got like a pirate ship full of Quakers. <laughs> oh, that would be a beautiful sight. <laughs> would that not be a beautiful sight? You know, I know um, Rihanna has some Barbados uh, lineage. I wonder if maybe she is a part of this Quaker uh, Quaker background. Maybe hmm. we could have her as a potential guest to discuss <laughs> <Yes>. this. <laughs> I think we could do that. We can arrange that, yes. She's just like, mm, I don't think so. And that's the whole episode. <laughs> All our questions were based around that. I guess you're good to go. Oh. Uh. Yeah, I don't have any other questions to ask. <laughs> no. <laughs> so the what Fox felt that like was this return to the true, pure church. It's not that crazy of an idea. Now he felt that one could communicate through prayer directly with Christ, and this is why he came to Earth to die on the cross in the first place, is that you could have that direct... So he had to come down here to establish a landline connection, and then he left? Yeah, sort of. If that's... If that... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that helps you? That's a strange I just think one if you're already, like... Into, yeah. If you're already believing the rest, why does he ever have to die on Earth to even communicate with you? I don't want to get into all this. Right <laughs> well, maybe it's maybe it's like it's quantum much. computing or whatever. So like he's got to put like a node over here, and then that's where you just speak back and forth that way. Right. <laughs> this is though. This is not a radical idea at all. This is what most people I would say in modern Christianity. Most people do this and believe this that they have a direct like they prayer is powerful. 
I mean, I would say most Christians believe that. This is what he's getting persecuted for. I just wanted to make sure, you know, we all understand it's for something that is totally normal today. He's getting persecuted. So this is the Quakers beginning. And the Mm -hmm. Anabaptists, actually. They both have a very similar beginning. So, according to Fox's autobiography, the word Quaker was first used by a magistrate named Gervais Binet, who was, or probably Bennett, who was accusing Fox of blasphemy. The quote here is that Bennett was the first that called us Quakers because I made them tremble at the word of the Lord. Okay. I so, buy that. Yeah, they're Quakers because they were quaking. Shaking all <laughs> over the place. So, other things that they them- called themselves, other than the religious society, the friends and all that, was they just called themselves saints. Um, right. Children of the light. That's creepy. And friends of the truth. Hmm. That's some fun little names. Yeah. So, Fox uh, had an audience... And um, in England and Wales, uh, by 1680, the Quakers had reached 60,000 people. In 1680, there were 60,000 Quakers in England and Wales. Uh, A great deal of them were women. And now this is by 1680, that population. In 1662, they kind of beat the odds with that because in 1662, they actually passed the Quaker Act, which made it legal to persecute them. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. They had that. Eventually, that would get overturned, of course. But Quakers saw... um, The reason this was is because Quakers saw a place for women in leadership. Well before other Protestants did. And so, this led to a lot of women missionaries who were taking complete leadership roles over entire groups of people. One was Mary Fisher. Another one was Anne Austin. They both preached in Boston in the 1650s. But um, in Boston... Boston Common. John, did you go to Boston mm-hmm. Common? Multiple times. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice, I mean, it's the first, you know, public park. It's, it's lovely. Yeah, it is a really nice park, but, um, they, there, they, um, they hung a Quaker named Mary Dyer, or hanged, sorry, they hanged her in 1660, and just because she wasn't a Puritan. I didn't think the Pur- I guess it makes sense that the Puritans were in Boston. For some reason, I thought they were like just yeah. off by themselves somewhere. But that is all kind of like right there. No, no, no. I mean that's Salem. Yeah, it is. It or, is. Yeah, Puritan is just right down the road. It, it takes a second for your head to remember. Not all big cities <laughs> have always been big metropolises or whatever. They all yeah. started as a little thing back in the day. Yeah. So, like I said, the English they eventually reversed their course. They actually, because started to become more friendly with them. And then, uh, I'm going to yada, yada, yada a bit here. William Penn comes along. He was a governor that was given land because of who his father was. And his father apparently was owed a favor from by the king, King Charles II. It's, uh, it's a big thing. But he gave William Penn the lands that would eventually become Pennsylvania and also like West New Jersey. West New Jersey. New Jersey's as tiny as it is. You're splitting it up. Just, or, or maybe back in the day it was... Possibly Delaware. Possibly uh, Delaware, actually, as okay. well. Anyway. But yeah, that, that's what P- Pennsylvania started as before it became what it is. But he got over to Philadelphia. He really helped Philadelphia become what it is. And it was all started as a Quaker, Quaker factory. William Penn... Um, 
like I said, very influential man, and he advocated for a democratic system, actually. Um, he was like a renaissance or, you know, well ahead of his time kind of fellow. He was, it was argued that America's, uh, some of their best ideas came from the Quakers, like the Bill of Rights. Oh, so you're saying he, he take... was in, in, instrumental in us yes. coming out with the democracy that we have today. Okay. Yeah, but he was early in that. So he wasn't the person that really saw it come to fruition, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he was, you know, he had those seeds in the society. He really helped spread those seeds of thought. And he also wanted equal rights for men and women, which also wasn't too popular with a lot of people. He also wanted um, mental illness treatment. Okay. And he just fought for public education. So he had Solid. Yeah. Great ideas. And they made the Liberty Bell. The Quakers <laughs> did. So they, <laughs> Random uh, tack on at the that. end. <laughs> Boom. Penn liked the Native Americans, for the most part, in the area. Signed treaties with them. They, um, you know, they all had... It was pretty friendly until the French-Indian War, and then we won't get into that. Right. <laughs> A lot of Quakers died, though. But the Amish came upon the Quakers in the midst of an interesting time. It saw the Quakers, the Quakers were kind of dissolving as the time that the Amish were getting there. So, like, already by, like, after the Revolutionary War, like, into the 1800s, mm-hmm. the Quakers were losing numbers rapidly. They were starting to dwindle. Okay. But William Penn, well, I mean, he's already dead by that point, but he, when he did, I will say, though, for him, when he left for England... He came back to a more prominent Quaker society. It was after he passed, and then they kind of really have a lot of you know firm leadership, I suppose. At least he didn't have to see it. Yeah. You know? The Amish and the Quakers are taking up the same spot of geography, right? Yes, and but see, that's the thing is that the Quakers were very receptive and open to the Amish coming. They were very welcoming okay. to the Amish because they were at the time they were bigger than the Amish, and they just thought, okay, you live that way, that's good, you know. They agree with a lot of the things. You know, the Amish are a little feistier. <laughs> you know, feistier, but still pacifist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a weird conundrum that three parts still I haven't quite settled with. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the kind of the downfall for the uh, Quakers, though, is that they had this, there's this whole movement that kind of took over at this time, which was to a precursor to the, like, the Great Revivals was they had a quietist movement. So, like, the Quakers were just like, we don't talk about our religion that much, and we also want you to be really much more pure puritanical. Just all of a sudden, they conformed to, like, pure... They became kind of like the Amish, where they got really rigid in their rules, which it used to be all about just, like, freedom of how you, you do what you want to do, it was much more free flowing. So it seems like it, the actual talking—if if you dress a certain way and act a certain way—everybody's going to know you're a Quaker anyway. Does not talking really make that big of a difference? Well, they're not preaching anymore, which that's the whole thing they were called Quakers for—is because they were, you know, people were trembling at their words. Right now, they're not even. So just what not happens if you go to people. a Quaker church service? Well, I mean, now. they still talk there, but I'm saying they're not 
They're not evangelizing. Okay, Dalton, Dalton, Dalton was just picturing you walking to the back, of, and everybody's sitting in the pews, just sitting there all quiet. And no I, I could, yeah. Quietly take out your Bible. They're, you're you're yeah. basically just saying they're not even evangelist. Yeah. Even, God. Yes. Yeah, we gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Evangelize or evangelical or, yeah. So they became more inward so much that, you know, they just started losing people. And this is kind of the rigid, how rigid it was. One's membership could be revoked if they married someone who wasn't already an established Quaker. So it could be revoked even if the wife or husband that isn't a Quaker is like receptive to the idea. Oh, so they yeah. they can't convert <laughs> post marriage. Right. They have to be yeah. already accepted. Into they got to the be approved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they can only really essentially marry each other. Yeah. They have to have a Quaker stamp. Pretty much. Approval. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, the, basically, to finish with that is that they just they just kind of faded. <laughs> they simply just faded. Yeah. And there's no, like, in the U.S., there's no other way to put it. That's, it's just like all of a sudden the Quakers are just... That's the worst outcome, I feel like, for, in, for like, a person or a, an event or, or a religion. Like, if you just fade and nobody can even remember how you went, they can't even remember the details of your demise, there's no worse way. I would rather... Oh, There my were God. other, like, leadership... People that were like Quakers, like I believe there's like a governor that was a Quaker after. Was it Nixon? Um, yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Something I'm crazy. I'm pretty like sure that. Nixon, yeah, at least. Cla- I mean, I don't really know what that meant to him, but I, <laughs> I don't think he would qualify by most of these uh, regulations. <laughs> well, as of uh, 2012. I will say there were around 377,000 Quakers worldwide still. Wow. Man. Yeah. It's it basically, it's almost identical to the Amish number, actually. It's actually a little more. There's a little more Quakers Jesus. than there are Amish. Although the Amish population is only horse and buggy Amish. Yeah. So Also, I would say Amish the Amish Mennonites. are split off into a lot more sects, so it's probably harder to count them compared right. to... Yeah. Well, and this is worldwide number. Okay. The U.S., the number is only 76,000. Oh, so they're mostly outside of the U.S. Yep. Do you guys have a guess on the where the highest concentration of modern Quakers is? Mm. Peru. Venezuela. Mm. Kenya. Okay. Isn't that just insane? I would not. Uh, yeah. Isn't that just mind-blowing? I mean... Kenya... It, it, has the most Quaker oats in the land. The Kenyan Quaker. I guess, yeah, I guess this they fall. were at least a British... Uh, yeah, they were a colony. Possession. Yeah, they were possession at one point, but yeah, like, so... I, I am shocked, still, by learning this. That news has now, 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 the bigger question is, are the actual Kenyans Quakers, or is it... Diaspora communities from like over here and other places that went to Kenya to form communities, kind of like the Amish went down to Argentina and stuff. Yeah, I think with if it's that high of a number, it has to be a lot of Kenyans. Okay, native Kenyans, I would have to believe. But also, they don't live the same kind of lifestyle as the Amish, so it's not as like distinct as the Amish, you know. 
Right. Like he could be a Quaker and go about a normal you know, day life. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Whereas Amish, they go into a grocery store and everybody's like, "There's an Amish." Yes. <laughs> I mean, come on, be honest. Yeah. Keep away. Keep your distance. <laughs> so they're still thriving. Yeah. You know, our population is like so amazingly high nowadays that even any little subsect of a subsect of a subsect still has like a hundred thousand people following it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like how many people I mean, there's yeah. probably way more people than you would think that identify as Scientologists. Oh no, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a crazy yeah. No no no. That's a high number. Well, I think you also hit the nail on the head there. You said identify, like practicing well, yeah. or whatever, because like, yeah, a lot of people will just check Bark Christian on their, uh, what do you call it, their census forms census, and whatnot, yeah. and like, and never- Is Scientologist a, in a, a choice on the census? I don't remember. I want to start, I, I would do that, legit. I would I would, I would claim as a Scientologist. You, this is going to go out in the public record, and you're going to start getting shit in the mail. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh, that would be great if you know how there's since that Leah Remini show there. There's a lot of people actually like yeah. going after Scientologists now. What if? Oh yeah, people like start attacking us because they think I am like espousing Scientology. No, a couple episodes back, you talked about starting your own philosophical movement. So, oh. yeah, you did, and you've yet to tease anymore. Yeah. So now, now just you're say, just saying, oh, it's too hard to make a new one. I'm just going to join just say Scientology. Hubbard, Hubbard's a big inspiration to my movement. <laughs> uh, that's, that'll get, that'll get them. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, Hubbard, uh, Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, all the, all the greats. Uh, yeah. They're not great at all. <laughs> and... Now, let's talk about a society of people that didn't make it. Well, that's where I thought you were segueing when you kept saying they they slowly died out, but apparently the Quakers never did die out. The Quakers never really died out. They just, they faked you. Mm-hmm. The, now, someone that did die out were the Shaking Quakers, otherwise known as the Shakers. I mean, you say they died out, but I have seen them in person. No, you've seen somebody who works at no, Shaker don't, Village don't, don't. in Kentucky. No, Dalton goes to Shaker Village and thinks those actors are real. So he yes. goes to Disneyland and is running up. Oh, the dude, court. how awesome would it be to go to Shaker <laughs> Village and like insist on keep asking questions and just bugging the shit out of them? Oh, that would be so fun. It's not It's not very cute if you're not a kid. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if it's just you, people are going to be Why like, do they call you Quakers or Shakers? <laughs> you get attacked. Yeah, I probably would. This guy with like spider web tattoo on his elbow and he's, he's a shaker there. <laughs> do you guys know what the other name for shakers are? Nope. You know, like the Quakers had their fellowship society. The Shakers are the United Society of Believers in Christ's Second Appearing. That's not as catchy. What even acronym would that be? You can't even make an acronym out of that. S-B-C-S-A. Yeah, there's nothing wonderful. No, it's not good. So, they made their start in 1747. Also in England. But they 
moved pretty quickly from England, though, to America. And they set up in New York originally, 1774. Here in New York, they practiced celibacy, mm-hmm. communal living. Not by choice, but yeah. Pure pacifism. Most importantly, equality of the sexes. In fact, most of their leaders were women. Instead of where, yeah. like the Qu- Quakers, it was like 50 50. Yeah. Shakers, mm-hmm. much, much more women. Maybe there's a reason why they're not still around. I don't know if there's a correlation, but that could be something to, to clarification. Look into. You said you specify pure pacifism. Is this yeah. different from other pacifisms we spoke about recently, or is this like yeah, it's the pure kind? Um, no, I was yeah. I guess I'm meaning with that. It's similar to the the Amish, certain sects of the Amish, at least, like the. Amish of this time frame, I would also classify as that. Okay. And the Amish, the Amish who let the people hit themselves, uh, you know, just silly with, you know, the motorcycle mm-hmm. or the car, I mean, that bashed the mm-hmm. Amish upside the face when they were riding their bikes. Those Amish, I would say, are pure pacifism, where they just don't react to violence. Okay, I get you. And... Um, their, their biggest figure, the Shaker's biggest figure is a woman by the name of Mother Anne Lee. And she saw the Shakers through that movement from England to America. And she was also often met with violent mobs. Poor Mother Anne Lee was beat up a lot. Oh. I'm serious. (laughs) A lot. It was really harsh. Really harsh. She, uh, remember kind of what we talked about even in the 1850s, somebody, I mean, a mob beat up John Murray Spear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And gave him his spiritual gift. <laughs> but right. Mother Ann Lee, she already had, they were doing it completely in response to her calling herself like a prophet. I'm not really yeah. sure if it was her or her followers that really upped the ante on how much of a prophet she was. They, her followers, the Shakers really started to kind of put her on like a Christ-like pedestal. So it's um they kind of replaced the Virgin Mary with Mother Aunt Lee. I could see how that could be problematic if you're in especially that era. Yeah, you're talking to a bunch of Puritans who are far more radical than any Christian we know today, just as a community. Mm-hmm. Can I just say real quick? I think the whole uh, we don't know if she was if she called herself a prophet or if her followers did. That seems like such a cop out i can totally Mm -hmm. see somebody like i carry myself like i have supernatural powers and i attempt to predict the future but you guys called me a prophet not i never used that word move that gwen chamblin pulled yeah there you go so i mean that is what gwen chamblin did right maybe you have a point but these people thought that some of these people eventually thought that she was the female version of jesus you're going to say the female version of Gwen Chamblin. <laughs> <laughs> May she rest in peace. No. So, Mother Ann Lee famously said, famous among the Shakers, we are the people who turn the world upside down. Mm-hmm. I have the tattoo of that on my uh, ankle. <laughs> except, except Dalton's like those Jeeps that you pass that are like the words are upside down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's for me to read, not anyone else. Yeah. Well, unfortunately for the movement, Mother Anne Lee um, didn't have a long 
span. She passed away at the age of 48 in 1784. Yeah. Getting beat up every night will do that. Yeah, honestly, that's seriously what happened. She just died of natural causes at 48. And she had been beat, violently beat, many times. It wasn't pleasant. But the Shakers kept on, kept on. (laughs) And eventually had a (laughs) 10-year period. Had a 10-year period called the Era of Manifestations. Otherwise known as Mother Anne's Work. During this period, the Shakers experienced their peak. So they actually experienced their peak after Mother Anne passed away. She was the martyr they needed yeah, to propel themselves. It is during this time that they spread to states such as Indiana, Ohio, and our old Kentucky home. <laughs> and this is also where they cross paths with the Amish. And again... It, they just kind of took on, they kind of mirror image each other's in some each other in so many ways, the Amish and the Shakers. Some, but then in many principal ways, they just did not get along whatsoever. So it's like you have these two different communities that are living very similarly, but at the same time, their core beliefs they hate each other <laughs> in a way. So that the Shakers were much more passive about it. You know, Amish, they let you know pretty quick that they're not going to deal with you if they <laughs> aren't going to deal with you. The old school Amish. Pretty harsh. Get the groffy on you. <laughs> They'll sick a groffy. And you don't want to mess with a groffy. Part of why this is called Mother Anne's work is because Shaker members started seeing Mother Anne Lee herself in visions. Um, shit, some of them shit. claimed that they saw her in a spirit realm where they visited different cities. Oh, that's cool. So they didn't see her on her toes. They actually saw, like, manifesting. <laughs> no, they... Were walking through cities with her. She was showing them around. So did the Shakers start astral projection? (laughs) I think they did. (laughs) Actually, that's the Dogon people. Anyways. um, But this is... The things um, kept getting, you know... They they were really getting into their own, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And this... These visions... Then these members talking to Mother Anne Lee, walking around cities with her, led to the decisions that made them outlaw pork, tea, and coffee. And a big thing that they took away from this was to continue the celibacy. There was to be no, under any circumstances, sexual relations. Eventually, in 1845, Shakers came to follow the guiding laws they called the Millennial Laws. Yeah. This led to many believers leaving the faith as they just got more and more strict to a point that it became too much. Uh, yeah, so I can mo- see why that would get to you after a while. They got to a tipping point and then they fell off the cliff. Yeah, they've been blue balling it for decades. They're lucky it took that <laughs> long, honestly. <laughs> I mean, how do you, how do you, that, it, it's like going on a diet and saying like, I'm, that's it. 800 calories a day and I'll only drink water. Like, if you make it so strict and you have no wiggle room, you're hurting your own chances of success. They mm-hmm. should have let those guys right. get some pussy. Come on. Well, and I think part of that, too, is that they're not like, you know, like the Amish and Quakers and every other society like this. They are obviously allowing their members to to you know to get married yeah. and to have children so then right. their children continue the religion 
The Shakers aren't continuing. Their, they, every single member has to be brought in from the outside to mm-hmm. them. So there is no one growing up Shaker. Yeah, now that's a good that's a good show though. But it doesn't exist and it never will exist. Oh, I guess they could have started like adopting orphans and stuff, but then ah, can't rationalize yeah, it now. I guess that would be the only thing they could do. We're we'll have kids, but never our own. So you have somebody to advance things, but it still sounds like a bad idea. Um. Yeah. Well, again, the Shakers aren't doing too hot these days yeah clearly but i wanted to talk about you know how we know them as kentuckians central kentuckians um you know we're all three familiar with the shaker shaker village of pleasant hill right yeah we went there on a field trip together yeah of course been there several times so yeah we're all familiar with uh, shaker village and we're talking shaker town in well, it's near Harrodsburg, Kentucky. For some reference to the non-Kentucky listeners who have no idea what we're talking about, mm-hmm. it's near Harrodsburg, Kentucky. Which, if that doesn't give you an idea of where it is, then I don't know what to tell you. Thirty miles. It's very west rural. Of How about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, it's really close to Danville in Harrodsburg. In uh, December of 1806, 44 converts signed a covenant. To support one another and start up a proper Shaker commune. Hell yeah. They began living on a 140-acre farm owned by Elisha Thomas. Eventually, as more converts were added, they added more land. And what was once 140 acres swelled to 4,369 acres. And by 1814, they had 128 firm believers within their commune and their location became ideal for farming and soon traveled to communities nearby to sell their produce. And that is how the Shakers got by. They would go to Lexington. Honest. They would go to Lexington, Kentucky, go to the markets there. They, they were the original farmer's market. That's a lot of land for not that many people to run. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you go there and yeah, it's pretty evident. There's a lot out here. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you, you're talking like no no machinery and whatnot, like so. That's man. Yeah, and they're right on the river like that. And they're not having kids to do all the work for them. No, the river's the funnest part of going out there, and that yeah. real tall train bridge nice. that goes across out there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you could never that's retire cool in Quaker Kentucky life because you've got to got to be in the workforce. Yeah, you got to work until you can't work. And the Shakers, just like the Amish, are renowned for their craftsmanship. You still, even at Shaker Village, they still sell, um, like, Shaker, you know, styled things. It's supposed to be people that, like, make everything the same way that the Shakers do. And it's supposed to be, like, the best stuff. It's just, like, its own weird little Ren fair when you go. Minus all the beer yeah. and other stuff. Kind of. <laughs> so, they're very fertile and great location. Soon became an issue... Because the Civil War came rampaging through, you know, central Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, during the Battle of Perryville, mm. Dalton, I know you mm-hmm. know Perryville. Yep. The Shakers took care of troops on both sides. And despite their stance of pacifism, the Shakers lost several members to the war effort. So many Shakers left. Just like the Amish. The Amish lost a lot of members in the Civil War as well. I mean, it makes sense. Right, I think yeah. the Shakers lost even more 
because of where they were located in relation, especially the Kentucky group. And officially, now, okay, sorry, I want to back up here because the Shakers had some, uh, they had a long-standing history with a lot of the local Kentuckians because officially the Shakers were very much opposed to slavery and even went so far as to buy and then free enslaved people in the area. So, like, in Kentucky, because I think that's the furthest south they were ever went. Oh, Kentucky was mm-hmm. also the biggest part for buying and selling at that part, too. So, and Lexington yeah, was kind was, of a big market town for that. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, very true. Uh, yeah, well, it used to be called Cheapside. And now it is not called that because of its, uh, because of its history. But... The Shakers would buy, you know, people and free them. So they, the Shakers did all, did good, especially in this arena. Right here, the Shakers are heroes. But because of this, a mob attacked the Shaker village of Pleasant Hill in 1825, burned down some of their buildings, destroyed some of their crops. So that's at the one that we've all been to. I see. My mob literally came in there and burned down several buildings and a fields of crops as much as they could. I don't remember being told this when we got took out there to get educated I'm sure but I don't retain yeah. that <laughs> yeah no not at all well this is nothing compared to the damage that pro-slavery men dealt to the Shaker community of South Union Kentucky because Shaker Village is not the only Shaker Village that was in Kentucky oh wow yeah, there was one in South Union this community was attacked twice in 1868, because they hired and housed freed men and women, the Shakers. The estimation of damages exceeded 1868, mind you, $70,000 in 1868. Yeah, that's going to be a good chunk, because I know most calculators only go back to like 1913, so. Yeah, so they never fully recovered that community. As for Shakertown, membership continued to decline after the Civil War. The Shakers began closing their doors to many outsiders. So even Jeez, they the are only just way they can get members, off. they basically just sealed the gates on themselves. Yeah, and mostly because they started calling what they called these people were the Winter Shakers. They were outsiders mm. that would join the community when things got really cold, and they would say like, "Oh, we're you know we'll join," and then once it gets warm, they leave. Yeah. Because the Shakers would house them, give them clothes, food, you know, completely take care yeah, of them. Yeah, because there's, the not, a, so there's not a lot of work said, to do during the winter, so they just go there and get fed. and then Yeah, essentially. The um, peak of Shaker Village and Pleasant Hill actually did see the membership rise to 500. 500 people. And this was around 1875. Oh, so they were doing decent oh, after actually. This was, sorry, I misspoke. By 1875, they actually had less than half of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Civil War really took them out. At their best, they had 500. Oh, I misread. It's 12. At their best, they had 12. (laughs) Misread. No, by 1900, they had 34 members still. Less than what they started with, but they are still 34. Mm -hmm. They're still just dragging on. But in 10 years, the community was abandoned. In 1910. 
The last surviving member of that community was a woman by the name of Mary Settles, who lived until 1923 and was reportedly very excited about seeing women's suffrage come into fruition and plan to vote a straight Democratic <laughs> ticket on her first ballot. Good to know. <laughs> Round of applause for Miss Mary Settles. Yay. And you can still visit Shakertown anytime you want. I wonder if they closed up during COVID. Or- I believe they yeah. did. I think they're back open now. But as of... Um, see... You think they're dead. Mm -hmm. As of 2019, an issue of the Shaker newsletter titled The Clarion listed the membership of the Shaker community as... Guesses? Two. Thirteen and a half. The Shaker community is... Brother Arnold, Sister June, and Brother Andrew. Who are they? They're the Shakers. Poor Sister June sounds a little outnumbered. There. Is this like a hipster thing? What what are they really? What's <laughs> no, they've the been around for uh, they've been shakers for a long time, I believe. All three. Oh. Well, I actually one of them newly joined, so they're actually growing. Oh my god! They they actually you know s- some businesses expand too quickly. They may be taking on people too fast. Like our show, they're just picking up too many listeners. <laughs> we can't produce can't the content. It. They're doing pretty good. They have the Clarion. Um, yeah, they're doing great. I'd like to see some. I'd like to see some current numbers. See if they've gained another member or two. Yeah, but if they gain, if they gain one last year, that's just one of those COVID Quakers. You know, they COVID <laughs> shakers. God damn it! I keep saying Quakers. They shake. Yeah, I know. If I look at a guy quaking and then I look at a guy shaking, that doesn't look that That's, different. I, I want to clear it up. I want to clear it up. The easy way to remember this is Quakers quake, shakers shake. That's, that's you could it. just call them the shaking Quakers, though, too. I thought at first it meant they're shaking the Quakers to, like, stop them from quaking. Like, snap no. out of it. But that's too elaborate. How they got the shaker's name, I never did say, is because they of the way that they worship. Mm-hmm. Their church services, they would shake all yeah. about. They would get into the ecstasy of the of the thing. Right. I, I got that just from the description. So it was basically just holy rollers, but a different type of hip. No, they, they shake. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they shake. Because the Quakers didn't quake in service. They only quaked when they listened. They made other people yeah, that's quake. What, yeah, that's right. what it was. One time yeah. there was a Quaker who shook, and they had to excommunicate him. You're in the wrong church. You're in the wrong place, bud. <laughs> Imagine, and then he goes, he's just walking around like, what do I do mm-hmm. with my life? Have I been a shaker this I? whole time? This- oh, God. <laughs> this whole time, the real shaker has been inside of me. <laughs> and then he learns he has to be celibate, and he turns around and goes... <laughs> Sorry, bud. No exceptions. <laughs> Just a winner shaker. Get him out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, these two, these two groups—they're—they're they're fun. Just their name alone. It's more fun than the Amish. You know, they're just sillier. Yeah, the Amish aren't yeah. silly. I mean, they can be. When you see unknowingly like, tops and you yeah. know, like little 18th century toys, that's pretty fun. Yeah, but they are pretty self-serious. Oh, yeah. They take, yeah, they're very serious. Yeah, um, and yeah, 
I've still been watching some Amish content, by the way. Just fell yeah, down a rabbit lie. hole and can't get out. Yeah. Yeah. Saw a guy looking at their hats. Anyways. Amish content. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, though, I think all this Amish stuff, it's, um, dare I say, it's been good pod. Yeah, it's, solid pod. It's been good pod. <laughs> and cut.